Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to talk about encounter. Everyone shout at me, encounter. Everyone shout at me, encounter. Come on, you should take any opportunity to shout at me because you know I'm going to shout at you. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we're asking for revelation of the truth of what you want to say to us as the church. And everyone that's hungry, say amen. 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 I just want to flow through and download a few things here. Uh, And I'm I'm probably going to talk for a little while on this, but I pray something's going to be birthed deep on the inside. And then we'll just see what God wants to do after that. Is that cool? This is going to do you good. It's going to do me good. Number, uh, I just want to start to step through this. The purpose of an encounter with God is not to feel something. Come on, let's just start right there. The purpose of an encounter is not to feel something. We live in a time where feelings are ruling. And many times we're derailed because we do feel something that we shouldn't or we don't feel something that we shouldn't. The purpose of an encounter is not to feel something. But the second thing I want to say is this, the purpose of an encounter with God is not just for a moment. The purpose of an encounter is not just for a moment. We encounter God here, we go home and it's all the same. That was a nice moment. It's not to feel something, it's not to feel something for a moment. But the purpose of an encounter with God is for Him to change lives. This is the purpose of an encounter. Not to feel something. Some of you have been praying for. Some of you have been through experiences. And where you are stuck is I didn't feel it. And God says that's okay because that's not what it was about. I didn't get anything in the moment. That's okay. That's not what it was about. But God is changing lives. God is changing your life. God is changing my life. And He changed it from glory to glory to glory. And here's the thing. Sometimes we don't see the change that others see. Sometimes we're looking at because we're always living with ourselves. We know every spot and wrinkle. We know every blemish. We know every trip. And we judge ourselves by a worst moment and define ourselves by that. And God wants to set you free and say He is changing you. He is growing you. He is doing a good work in you. He is. I don't know if you've ever, you know, you've got your own kids and you, if you live with them, you really don't see the changes much, but if you have someone that's been away for a year and they come back, they go, oh my gosh, how much you have grown. They've grown the same amount as they did in the parents' house, but the parents that see them all the time don't always see the change. We need to not measure incorrectly. The purpose of encounter is not for a feeling, it's not for a moment, it's to change lives. Most of the things that we give our time to Uh, in life are enjoyable. That's why we give our time to them. We like certain hobbies and sports and programs. We give our time to them and they're enjoyable, but they're not life-changing. I felt the Lord say when it comes to encounters with God, don't settle for what's enjoyable only. Go for what is life-changing. Let's not settle for enjoyable. Oh, I felt good. No, no, no. It's more than that. God didn't come to make the people of God feel good. He came to make them into the people of God, into the image and the likeness of Jesus Christ. And He does it on this wonderful journey. And encounters are a part of that. It is God's desire to change lives. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. Now this is where God started to take me into something I hadn't seen before. 
I, I always just have one view of encounter. Like when I encounter God and <laughs> I've got a need and He comes and He does something, be it healing, be it a time where you get filled with the Spirit or whatever it may be. And there are two types of encounters. And let me talk about the first one, the needs-based encounters. This is not, you won't find this in the Bible, this terminology. This is just what God's downloading to me this week. Are you, are you a good church? Yeah. A needs-based encounter is one that is primarily for ourselves. We need something. Let's go with this. Are you, are you with me? You're alive and well? Yeah. We, we, primarily, we need something from God. Is that, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. The Bible says in Acts that in Him we live and move and have our being. We need more people that actually realize we need God. Some people think it's weak that you need God. No, 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 no. It's stupid if you don't. Let's just call a spade a spade. We need God. I don't exist outside of God. Say so. I, I don't breathe. I don't exist. He is my life. He doesn't give me life. He is my life. And encounters this need based. We come to God primarily for ourselves, what we need. This is about us coming to God and us asking Him for something. This is about give us today our daily bread. This is what we see happening in the Bible many, many times. People came to Jesus and He asked them a question, what would you like me to do for you? And the, the answer to that is, I want to see, receive my sight. I want to be healed. I want my daughter to be healed. What is that? A needs-based encounter where God says, what do you want me to do for you? And God comes and in his love, he meets people. Come on, in the book of Acts, chapter 3, Peter and John going into the temple through the gate beautiful. And there's a lame man and he's crying out, I want money. Do you have money? Can I have some money? And... Peter and John look at him and Peter said, what you're asking for, I don't have, but what I do have, I'll give that to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. What was that? It was a needs-based encounter. And God is a God that loves to meet our needs. Can I hear an amen? He says, I shall supply all your needs according to, your rich, to my riches in glory. God is a God that likes people to come to him. Here's the deal. If you don't go to Him, you'll go somewhere else and you won't get what you need. And then you'll blame God. Come on. Needs based encounters are wonderful. Come to me. He says, if you lack wisdom, ask me. What's that? Needs based encounter. I need wisdom. We ask Him, He gives it. If you need anything, ask in my name and it shall be done. Needs based. Come to him. Lord, in my family, we need salvation. Lord, we need revelation of the truth. God, in my body, I need an encounter with you. I need healing to flow through my body. And God says, ask and you shall receive. Needs based encounters are wonderful. And that's what the purpose of these nights primarily, that's what we think. We come to God and we receive what we need. But now can I take you into what God actually wants me to talk about tonight? And that is mission-based encounters. While needs-based encounters is primarily for ourselves, what we need. Mission-based encounters is primarily for others through us, what they need. Come on, I'm going to speak to the church right now. 
We live in a time where it's all about me, 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 me. Give to me, give to me, give to me. Let me give you a scripture. It is more blessed to give than to receive. There are one who refreshes others and you yourself will be refreshed. You cannot outgive God. And God is looking for some people. Jubilee Church, other churches in Mount Gambia, listen to me, people of God. God is looking for some people that do not live just to receive an encounter for you, but live to receive something for you, through you, to others. This is what God wants awakened in the church. Selfless Christians, not selfish Christians. Mm. Mission-based encounters. Is about God coming to us. See, needs based is us coming to God and God asking, What do you want me to do for you? Mission based is when we come, when God comes to us and He says, This is what I want to do through you. Come on, come on, come on. Needs based is we come to God and God says, What do you want me to do for you? Mission based is when God comes to us and says, This is what I want to do through you. This is what God wants a revival of in the church. This is not about give me today my daily bread. This is about let God's kingdom come and let God's will be done in this earth as it is done in heaven. This is seen all through the Bible as well. I'm going to give you three examples. and I believe something's going to be birthed in our spirit. Anyone already feeling God just talking to you right now? I'm preaching myself happy. We live in a time when God wants to awaken us as the church to what He wants to do through us. This is the purpose of mission-based encounters. He wants to awaken. Everyone say awaken. Awaken. The church, say the church. To what He wants to do through us. Say through me. Shout it at me, through me. In the book of John, chapter 17, Jesus is praying before we went back to the Father. He's praying with his disciples around. He's, he's, he's saying things like in John 17, verse 4, I have brought you glory, Father, by finishing all the work that you actually gave me to do, which was what? To seek and save the lost. You sent me here on mission. You sent me here on purpose. You sent me here not only for me to be blessed, but for me to be a blessing. He was praying to the Father and saying, I've finished it. I've finished it. Paul the Apostle said, I have finished the race. I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. Faith, And I am coming home and I did all that you called me to do. And when this prayer of Jesus saying, I've done what you called me to do. He starts to turn his attention from talking to the Father to actually talking to the Father about the disciples. And in John 17 and verse 20, he says, My prayer is not for them alone. That's the encounter for them. But I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message. The heart of Jesus was not that they will just be kept safe and blessed and they will have their needs met. But he, even before he went to heaven, prayed for the disciples of Jesus, the sons and daughters of God. I want to pray for the ones who will receive the message through their lives. This is the heart of God for the church right now. I'm here right now. Sally and I are here in Mount Gambia, not for me to have an encounter, just for me. I am here to not only encounter God, but to facilitate an encounter. I want to pass on something to you. I want to connect you to God. This is what God wants to do in your life. 
He wants some people that seek him for encounter, not only for what he will give to them, but what he'll give to others through them. So I want to talk about mission-based encounters for a little bit here tonight. The purpose of a mission-based encounter is for God to fulfill his mission in us and through us. Did you hear the language? For God to fulfill his mission. For God to fulfill his mission. Even the co-mission is us co-laboring with Christ on his mission. The body of Christ is not called to fulfill our own purpose. God has already got a purpose. He's got a plan. He's got a mission. And that is to seek and to save the lost. And he's looking for some people that will come and co-labor, co-mission with him on his mission. The purpose of a mission-based encounter is actually to step us into that place where we say, yes, Lord, I'm part of what you're doing on this earth. I'm not going to keep on praying, God, just come and bless what I'm doing. God bless my family. God bless my finances. God bless me. God bless me. There's nothing wrong with that. But let me declare, if you are in Christ, you can stop praying, God bless me. Because my Bible says in Ephesians 1.3 that He has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ, you can't get more blessed than that. We just need a revelation that we've got the fullness of Him in us. Now let's go and bless other people that don't even know Jesus. That's the mission. This is the reason for a mission-based encounter. Not just I get my needs met, but man, I'm going to be one who actually connects others. Second purpose of the mission-based encounter is for God to be glorified in us and through us. It's not for us to feel good. It's not for us to get our knees met. It's for God to be glorified. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, come, on. <laughs> come on, Paul and Silas encountered God in a prison cell. It wasn't feelings based. Paul was in prison in the book of Philippians. And he's encountering God and writing a letter of encouragement called the book of Philippians to the church. And declaring things like, you can rejoice in the Lord always. In fact, I'm going to say it again. Come on, rejoice. He's not in there saying, God, please just help me here and help me feel better. He's, he even says to the church, would you pray that I'll have the boldness to keep on I'm talking about Jesus the way that I should. His prayer wasn't to get out of it. His prayer was to be a blessing to others in it. Come on. Stephen, in the book of Acts, he is getting stoned to death for believing in Jesus. And not once did he pray, God, would you please help me to get out of this? Would you please help him to stop it? Would you please save me? He said, God, don't hold this against him. Release your mercy. Release your blessing. Release your favor. Man, God went through him. Come on. The the apostle Paul, who was the, the terrorist Saul, was standing there giving consent to the stoning of Stephen. We, we, we think, man, he got saved on the road to Damascus. That was the starting point. The starting point of source conversion to Paul was not the road to Damascus. It was Stephen, when he had been stoned to death, who actually said, God, I want you to fulfill your mission through me, whether I live or whether I die. This man standing here, God, don't hold this against him. What is he saying? Show him your mercy. And his prayer for this man called Saul, who was and giving him, uh, acknowledging and actually killing his life. Set up the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus on the road to Damascus. This is the purpose of encounter. 
You better believe Stephen had an encounter. The, the heavens opened. Oh, God spoke from heaven, not just to make him feel good and meet his need, but actually so that Stephen could co mission with God and pray a blessing upon his persecutors. What would happen if the church started to pray a blessing upon our persecutors a bit more? Come on, upon governments and other religions, we actually pray, God, would you bless them, open their eyes. Lord, don't hold this against them. Show them your mercy. Show them your grace. I wonder if this is the purpose of encounter. I wonder if this is the purpose. Uh, we good? That's wonderful because I'm just getting started. Let me give you five ingredients of a mission-based encounter and I'm going to give you three examples. And I pray this goes boom in your spirit. See, let me tell you I haven't got this written down, but let me see if I can articulate it. The ingredients of a need-based encounter is you've got a need. So you go to God and ask Him to do something for you. And then His mercy and His kindness and His love, He actually meets you and He meets your need. Praise God. Let me tell you the ingredients of a mission-based encounter. God shows up with an agenda. Needs-based is I show up with a need. I need you to hear me, church. I need you to hear me, church. God shows up with an agenda. Number two, God starts a conversation. It's not me saying, God, would you do this for me? God starts the conversation. Number three, we engage with God's conversation. This is powerful. This is more powerful than you're realizing right now. A mission-based agenda is God shows up with a purpose, with a mission, with a plan. He starts a conversation and says, would you engage with my conversation? Sometimes all we want God to do is engage with our conversation. God wants us to engage with his conversation. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Mm. The fourth thing is we are changed by our encounter with God. Yeah. But the fifth thing, which is the main thing, is God's mission is accomplished as a result of this encounter and the change in us. Let me say it again, God's mission is accomplished. Not just my needs are met, but God's mission is accomplished. God's mission is accomplished through me encountering God and the change that happens in me. I'm going to give you three examples. I'm not going to read the whole thing. We won't even put these scriptures up. Um... Because I just want to, I, I want to encourage you to go home and read these. And I'll trust that many of us in this room maybe know these stories a bit. But here's the first. But I want to show you some ingredients that I've never thought about before that God just showed me. The first example of a mission-based encounter with God is when Jacob wrestled with God. This was not a needs-based encounter. It was a mission-based encounter. And you can read it, don't put it up there, but Genesis 32, verse 22 to 32. And you can read it there. But let me just tell you a little bit about the story and what God wants to say to us through this story. How many people know the story at all when Jacob wrestled with God? A whole bunch of us, praise God. This is... Um,
I'm changing my mind. Because there's power in the word. Let me read it to you. Genesis 32, 22 to 32. That night, Jacob got up, took his two wives. How many people feel power from the word? Come on. His two female servants and his 11 sons. And he crossed the fort of the Jabbok. After he sent them across the stream, he's went, he's, uh, he sent over all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. And a man, and this is God, we find out later in the story, wrestled with him till daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with this man. Watch this, watch this. Then the man said, who is the first to speak in this conversation? It is God. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered, which means supplanter, deceiver. Then the man said, the man being God, said, your name will no longer be called Jacob, supplanter. It will be called Israel, which means God prevails. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and you have overcome. And Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed by Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Let me tell you what God showed me. The purpose of this encounter was actually not about something in Jacob alone. The purpose of this encounter was for God to fulfill his promise to Jacob's grandfather, Abraham. Go with me, church. Go with me, church. This was not about Jacob. This was about the promise that God gave to Abraham where he says, I am going to bless all the nations of the earth through your line, through your lineage. I am going to bless. But therefore, God had to realign Jacob, who was Abraham's grandson, so that he would actually become part of the fulfillment of the promise. We commonly accept that the people in the Old Testament are known as the children of Israel. Throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, they're known as the children of Israel. Listen to me, church. Listen to me, church. Listen to me, church. That the children of God prevails. He couldn't have them be known as the children of Jacob, the ones of supplanter and deceiver. So he had to come down in that moment and he had to have an encounter with a man and he had to change his name, which was his identity, from supplanter to God prevails. So he had to intervene with an encounter. And from that moment on, Jacob's walk changed. Come on, when we encounter God, our walk changed. But it wasn't just about his protection and his walk being changed. It actually was about the whole race, the children of Israel. There was a promise 
to his grandfather that he was actually derailing because of who he was. I'm a supplanter, deceiver, and God says, that's not part of my plan. I need you to get back on, on plan with my mission, and that is through your grandfather and through your father and through you, Jacob. I want to change your name, change your identity from supplanter to God prevails so that all the nations of the earth will be blessed. This is the purpose of that encounter. You're going to see something else in a few moments. Huh. Some of you have written yourself off. Come on. Some of you know what you've done wrong. And think God couldn't use me. I'm drawn to this little thing and I'm going, God, what does this mean? But hear me out. The children of Israel, from that from moment on, God's people for hundreds of years, thousands of years, are known as the children of Israel. The children of who? The children of who? God prevailed. That is their name. That is their identity. But this man was a part of releasing that. Are you with me? But when God identifies himself even to Moses, and even in the New Testament, and even when we talk about it today, he still declares himself as, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not of Israel, but they are the children of Israel. And who he, what your name is doesn't have to stop you from fulfilling the purpose of God in your life. But I'm still me. God can use you. God can use you. I wonder why wasn't he now known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel? And I, and I feel the Holy Spirit say, because I want you to understand I can use you in your brokenness. I can use you on your journey. You don't have to be perfect by yourself. But God can come and change your name and identity. But you are still that person. You are still you. And God says, I can still use you. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But man, my children, the generation, the race is now the children of Israel. And Jacob, you were a part of it. Cool. Second example, Saul on the road to Damascus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm not going to read that one. You've heard that before, haven't you? But let me tell you the story of this. This is the story of Saul. Saul of Tarsus. Saul who was the one who was standing there when they were stoning Stephen to death. And they laid their cloaks at a young man called Saul. That's him. Saul is the man who was the one who his life mission was to destroy and wipe out the church which was just being birthed. He got letters from the council so he could go and arrest anyone that followed the way of Jesus Christ. He went and imprisoned people. He imprisoned people being beaten. It says actually from the time he did that, it says that the, the, the children of God were scattered like exiles. They were persecuted. So this man was a terrorist. He was a man who persecuted the Christians, had the Christians killed, had them go into exile, fleeing for their life, and great trouble and persecution broke out. And then we have on the road to Damascus an experience, an experience. Talk about an encounter. Oh, the Holy Spirit came and revealed Jesus. But if you read it, it starts 
with Jesus. Oh, I changed my mind again. I'm going to read the scripture. Praise the name of Jesus. There's a few people getting excited whenever I read the Bible and stop talking. Acts chapter 9. There's verse 1 down to verse 19. Meanwhile, Saul was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Do you hear what sort of man he was? He went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus. So that if he found anyone there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, watch it again, who initiates the conversation? God comes with a gender, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus. Don't you love it? Come on. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what to do. The man traveling with Saul stood there speechless, you think? They heard the sound but did not see anyone. And Saul got up from the ground and when he had opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. And for three days he was blind and he did not eat, he did not drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. <laughs> he knew who Saul was. For he, was pray he is praying. And in a vision... He has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands upon him to restore his sight. I love this. Lord Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go! This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles. Up until that point, they were only preaching to the Israelites, to the Jews. You need to hear the word of the Lord. But Jesus Christ did not send, God did not send his only son into the world to save the Israelites or the Jews only, but to save the whole world. And at that time, they were preaching to the whole world. And he says, I need him to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. Come on, the name changed from the previous encounter. Oh God, in Jesus' name. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, <laughs> Brother Saul, maybe in fair trepidation, Brother Saul, the Lord, and then I love the way he amplifies it, in case you don't know who I'm talking about, Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, and that encounter that you had, he has come and he has sent me so that you may see your, receive your sight again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eye, and he could see again. And he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength and Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. Let me tell you the purpose of this encounter. 
It wasn't for Saul to feel something to be healed. It was for God's mission for Jesus to be proclaimed to the Gentiles and to the ends of the earth to happen. And it wasn't happening through the people that were already doing it. And he needed a man. And so his chosen vessel was a persecutor of the disciples of Jesus Christ. If I can use this to plant up, come on, Jacob, and turn him into a God prevails man, then I can take a persecutor of the church of Jesus Christ and turn him into an apostle for me. God had to redirect God Saul's passion from kingdom destroying to kingdom advancing. So God had to encounter Saul. From that moment on, Saul's sight changed. From natural sight to spiritual sight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or oh, one more. Moses at the burning bush. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go straight to the word because otherwise I'll say I'm not going to read it and then I'm going to end up reading it anyway. And I've just wasted three minutes. So let's read the word in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 10. Anyone in the house full of the joy of the Lord? Yeah. Are you receiving this word? Yeah. Are you receiving this word? Talked about needs-based encounters. I come to God. God says, what do you want me to do for you? And he lovingly does it. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. That God is shifting the church from just blessed me to being a blessing to the world. Oh, come on. Being a blessing to others. And it comes from a mission-based encounter where God comes with a purpose. He starts a conversation. We engage with his conversation. And his kingdom comes. And his will is done. Exodus 3, 1 to 10. Now Moses, everyone say Moses. Moses. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Oh God, help me right now. The priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, which means the mountain of God. How many people know it's good to go to the mountain of God? Even if you're on the backside of the desert, even if you're in a place of difficulty, it's good to go to the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Anyone agree with me? This is an encounter. When was the last time this happened to you? (laughs) Come on, come on. Go with me here. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight while the bush does not burn up. Can I just say a side note here? When God starts to do some stuff in the days that we're living in, not all of it will agree with your logic. Not all of it will agree with what you think is reasonable. Not all of it will agree with what you feel comfortable with. God does not have to do what God wants to do with your approval or my approval first. There's no way I'm going to spit in the mud, make mud, slap it on someone's face. But Jesus did it. Oh, glory be to God. And it worked. Mm. Just hit the Praise the name of Jesus. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him. Who's initiating the conversation? From within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, 
Well, the place where you're standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, come on, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Yes, I use that man, Jacob. Oh, and at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery, watch this, of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. This was not about Moses. This was about God's people. And I am over I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them, says the Lord God Almighty, from the hand of the Egyptians. And I'm going to bring them out. And I'm going to bring them into a land that is good and spacious. A land flowing with milk and honey. Oh, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites. The Hivites and Jebusites, and now the cry of the Israelites. Come on. God said, I use Jacob, but let me tell you who they are. They are the Israelites. They are God prevails. And then it's reached up to heaven. And I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. Come on, Moses. It is time for you to go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. The purpose of this encounter was not to bless Moses and to meet his needs. It was to rescue his people. Why? Go back to Jacob's encounter. It was all about fulfilling the promise that God gave to Abraham. God is a covenant-keeping God. He is a God of generations. It is not too late, people. Come on. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and now the cry of my people are reaching now. So I'm coming with an encounter because I need to appoint someone. God chose Jacob as the planter and used him and retained his name in the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob saying, you better believe I can use you. I'm looking you in the eye around this room. You better believe God can use you. God took a saw and had an ice but I know who this persecutor is and God goes, I can use a terrorist to preach the gospel to the Gentiles because he encountered me. But you need to now understand who this Moses was. He had to send back Moses his appointed man, whom he had originally positioned in Egypt, but through his bad decisions had run away from his divine purpose. God, help me here. I don't know if you just heard what I said. God had placed Moses there for the deliverance. He was brought up in Pharaoh's house. He was in Egypt. And then he made a bad decision, a rash decision. Uh, he, he killed a man and he ran. And God, 40 years later, encountered this man and says, I am sending you back. He goes, you can't send me. Oh, the, the, they know about me back there. I mucked up back there. I can't go there. And God says, I'm going to use you. And I'm going to bring my people out of slavery. This is the purpose of encounters with God. Not that I am blessed, but I can be a blessing and nations can be saved. Psalm 2 verse 8 says, Ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. The ends of the earth as your position. You need to understand, I know well my own failings and my own flaws. I know my own brokenness. I know my own struggles, my own temptations, my own moments of sin. I know that. 
And for a lot of my life, I discounted myself, discredited myself. In fact, there was times I said, I can't do this. And my wife said to me, yes, you can. You are caught by a mighty God. And she spoke a voice by the Spirit of God into me and said, you cannot shrink back. And we need to have God's perspective. He's not looking for you to be perfect. He's looking for you to be available to Almighty God. God used Jacob and turned him into Israel. God used Saul and turned him into Paul. God used Moses who ran away for 40 years and said, now I'm sending you back where I actually placed you. You ran away from the call. It's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. This is the purpose of encounter. This is what encounter is all about. That was for me, not for you. Hallelujah. Purpose of Moses' encounter was simple. I want to set my people free. So I'm going to come and start a conversation with you. Praise God that Moses engaged with conversations. Did you read the rest of it? He tried to argue his way out of every left, right, come on, every which way. Talk, try to talk to the point. God says, "I want to kill this man." Seriously. And he ends up saying, "Okay, we'll send your brother. He can be your mouthpiece." But you read it. Aaron didn't get a word in his wife. He went to Moses to over all the talking anyway. Okay, can I just say, God knows you better than you know yourself. You say, "I can't," and God says, "Wonderful, praise God." I know you can't. But I came through you. And when I came through you, come on church, come on church, I'm bringing this home, we're going to enter into some prayer in a moment. But when God speaks to a donkey, God gets the glory. Come on church, when God speaks to a supplanter, God gets the glory. When God moves through a terrorist who became an apostle, God gets the glory. When God comes through a man, uh, speaks through a man who was positioned and ran away for 40 years, God gets the glory. And this is the purpose of our account the praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what God spoke to me. I love it. After this encounter, from that moment on, Moses' priority changed from self-preservation to the saving of a nation. I don't know if you hear the word of the Lord. He was there to preserve his life. Now he goes, I'm going to save a whole nation. I say, yes, Lord. Man, he said it reluctantly. You might say, but I'm so reluctant. Just say yes anyway. Last time I checked, God's going to win. God's going to win. You just do it the easy way or the hard way. I'm here to love on you. Yes, Lord. And let's not find the life that God's will is always easy. I preached it this morning, I didn't labor on this point, but you know, for those that were here and I talked about the man who built his house on the rock and the man who built his house on the sand, they both heard the word, it wasn't the hearing that made the difference, it was the obedience. But if you read, the winds beat, the floods came, the winds came against both of the houses. We need to understand, Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble. You can't get it clearer than that. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We need to understand God is greater than the storm that we're in. God is greater than your temptation and God is even greater than your sin. The grace of God is greater than your sin. The grace of God is... You said it's fine for you, everything will be fine for your life. 
My wife and I, this month, have been married 27 years, I had to think for a second. And we've got two daughters, one is 28, you do the math, and one is 25. God forbid that you could use us. And then your mind's out there, was it you, was it her? Was it... Who cares? God's grace is greater than man's sin. God's grace is greater than your past. God's grace is greater than Jacob's supplanting because he turns them into a God prevails. God's grace is greater than source terrorism. He turns them into the great apostle Paul. Come on, guys. God says, I need to encounter you so I can use you, not just to bless you, to be a blessing to the nations of the earth. God is saying, I need my people to have encounters with me so that the world will encounter the God of miracles. Oh, the God of righteousness, the God of truth, the God of justice, the God of grace, the God of mercy, the God of love, the God of countless second chances. This is our God. And God says, I need you to have an encounter with me. But not one that you just come and ask me to do something for you. I want you to have some encounters with me where I come to you and I initiate the conversation based on the mission that I want you to be a part of, says the Lord God Almighty. And God says to you ahead of time, will you engage with my conversation? Will you engage with my conversation? Will you engage with my conversation? So when you're ready, I just want you to head over to Peter. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.